No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Guys, if I, I give me a break. Fucking kidding me? Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that um. Bitch bar. <laughs> <laughs> Will you welcome the fucking podcast? Yeah. I think we should post these on our Instagram page. I like them. Um. Sure. Welcome. And I will, <laughs> I will create an Instagram just to tell people that you don't know who they are. On a podcast that half the time covers true crime. Just because I don't know what they look like doesn't mean I don't know about them. Yeah. Son of who? Jeff. That would be hilarious. What's he call himself now? Ezekiel. Wrong. The son son of hope. That is hilarious. Because he tried, he converted to Christianity in prison. Oh, yeah. And tried to write those books, and that's why the law got enacted. That you can't make profits. Well, he refuses to speak about the crimes anymore. Alright, welcome to Motel Hell. Um, glad to have y'all here. Um, I'm Alexa. Cool. Generation Flex. I don't know. Yeah, because your dick and your balls are bigger than Generation X. That's an interesting way to put it. You don't even remember your own news stories. I don't. The guy who was smearing shit. Right. In the WWE. Right, right. Come on. To be fair, you guys say stuff to me, and I immediately forget it. It's not just you guys. It's everybody. I don't remember well. I'm basically becoming my mother. 2250. Two, so I'm Alexa. That is Ben. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Frank was the you last one who spoke, so a, everyone's going to think I was saying all these things. You made a really good point last episode that <coughs> I am getting worse at this as time goes on, and I feel like I truly, truly am. Yeah, somehow the podcast is going downhill before we actually have enough people for it to go yeah, uphill, which I'm is sorry. crazy. I'm sorry. I feel more relaxed, and but like at the same time less confident. No, I think you just care less no, and less. that's not it. So I'm Ben the Beardo, also known as the Professor, also known as Cap and Stabbin. I feel like we need to throw a new nickname in there. Well, no, well, we got one, but it's not for me. And to my right is Dick Fetty, also known as God, also known as the Mechadodecahedron. Yeah, I run up on bitches, I'm skeeting. I cut up their faces, they bleed, and Ooh. underage girls, I'm creaming. Oh God. Mechadodecahedron. That is. Graphic. That's and that is rap copyrighted. Name. If you take those lyrics or the stage name Mechadodecahedron, I will send a swarm of medium-priced lawyers <laughs> to you, and they will stop you with a injunction in federal court. That's right. Really, they'll just knock on your door and slap you on the head and go, knock it off. No, stop it. No. Oh, no, for. no, no. It'll be an order to show cause. No question. Mm. Um, well, tonight we're discussing something really fun which was um are you though are we because i think that's what they want you to think yeah. are we discussing fun. the fun or are we discussing the truth yeah i woke up today i woke up for this podcast to spread the truth to the people yeah I think more like important. the sheeple yeah, yeah. people call us, people call us truthers but i call us 
Waking uh-huh. lifers. Yeah. W- wokers. Wokers. I got L in my well, butt. If I were a famous celebrity, I'd be Al Woker. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh, I get it. It just comes to me. It just comes yeah. to me. That was really, really good. And I'd be really David Beckham. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good choice. Yeah, he's handsome. He's very real, handsome. Real handsome. Yeah. That would make me Victoria Beckham. When I'm married. Okay. Well, that would make, make me David Beckham's mistress, I guess. No, he doesn't mm. cheat on his wife. Okay. You know what? No, wait, hold on. If I were a celebrity... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No. Uh, Yasser Arafat. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, war criminal. Yeah. Andre the Giant. (laughs) Egomaniac. I definitely have more Andre the Giant qualities. My deep voice. Yeah, Batista. Yeah. Batista. Yeah, your face is a lot... Now that I look at it. I know. My dad looks exactly like the Quaker Oats guy. Yeah, he does. So there is a lineage. Yeah. Uh, a celebrity legacy. A celebrity lineage. legacy. Lineage. Yeah. <laughs> is it a legacy? It's a legacy. It's a legacy. That's a slug legacy. Olivia Newton Truth. That's who I'd be. That's the first thing that came to my mind like five minutes ago, and if I didn't say it now. It probably wouldn't have been good before either. Yeah. Olivia Newton Truth. <laughs> Love it. Trademark. You're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Honey. Alright. Well, let's get started with our movie review. Oh, you guys are looking at me. We watched Dread from 2012. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, so it's funny because Ben pushed this movie on me. And uh, I had read good things when it came out, but I read some bad things and I hate new things. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I wasn't like super against it, but I was hesitant. Well, hold on, you don't fashion. hate new things, you just hate most things. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I, I that's just am scared of experiencing things that are different than what I yeah. know. Like joy. Yeah, exactly. so, or any emotion for that matter, other than resentment and further, deeper resentment. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But no, we, we watched it and I really liked it. We watched it like... A couple of years ago at this point. I think like two years ago. Yeah, and uh, it's I've just been thinking about it for like weeks and months. I've been trying to find it. No store has it. I can find the old Dread, but that's not a good one. But we watched the 2012 uh, Dread remake uh, about Judge Dread, directed by Pete Travis and written and produced by Alex Garland. Came out, I think I already said, in 2012. And uh, yeah, it's a good film. So who plays Dread? Uh, Carl Urban. I don't know who that is. He's he's in a lot of nerd stuff. He was Are in we? he was in Lord of the Rings. He's he he's. I mean, the thing is, like, there's there's one thing I wholly respect about this movie, and you watch a lot of superhero movies, uh, you'll realize that the actors playing said superheroes, who of course wear masks, take any chance they get to get out of the mask because their face is their brand yeah. and that's who they are as an actor. Yeah. And Carl Urban doesn't take that helmet off fucking once <laughs> yeah. in the whole movie. Which you is... only see part of his upper lip yeah. and that big, beautiful chin. He's got yeah. quite the chin. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, that is that is Judge Dredd's shtick. Is yeah. like, he always, you know, you know the helmet more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those comic books that did not deserve the 90s treatment it got. Like most comic books that got a 90s film treatment. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. And uh, so in part, I had that stale taste from being a kid and seeing it then. And um, this movie is like wildly violent. And 
it basically takes like 80s action to its most extreme form of like dialogue that's so corny and predictable yeah. and comic book like but much like sin city it really works because instead of like trying to be different than what its source material it is mm -hmm. it just embraces the lunacy fully mm -hmm. and a big part of the movie is the stroke slow-mo which slows down time and the effect they do, like changing the colors and slowing everything down, it gives them an excuse to just shoot people in slow mo, like a bunch. Yeah. And it's fucking rules. And it also adds to, because like you know, it's it wasn't a huge budget movie, right? No. And the the way they make everything look like it's super saturated and super bright, mm -hmm. it it gives them the ability to be like, yeah, we're using CG in these slow motion scenes, and it might not look real, but. You're looking through the eyes of a drug. It's true. I really appreciated the commitment to um, hack. I don't want to say hackiness, but like they, they, much like he was saying, like it's a lot of corniness and a lot of like, you know, especially Dredd's character is just so um, staunch and like and brooding, brooding, and and it. It's it's funny to me and it makes me laugh because it's like exactly what you would imagine, um, but they commit to it and they do it well and I always love movies like that. I love when they don't try to be something different and they just sort of own exactly what they're doing. They, they stuck to the source material pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, there there's less future tech than in some of the comics, but for the most part, just that just dread in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, like him just going. Yeah. He's I a man not, of few words, yeah. and when he does say words, they're wicked good one-liners that you could only hope and dream of mm -hmm. being able to say in real life. Yeah, true. yeah. Now, he reminds me a lot of Marv in Sin City, specifically um, Mickey Rourke's iteration of it. Like, his version of Marv is what basically turns that movie, which is mostly good, except for the god-awful segment with Clive Owen that, of course, Tarantino directs, but everything with Rick, Mickey Rourke is the best. Like, and, and not to get completely off topic, but there's a scene where he kills a priest who's actually played by Frank Miller, and the priest is like, ask yourself if that slut of a, what is it, that corpse of a slut is worth dying for, and then he like shoots him a bunch of times, and he's like, worth killing for, worth dying for, worth going to hell for. And you're like, oh, you're so freaking cool! Yeah, Marv's the man. Yeah. But, you know, the thing I like about this movie, which is something I liked about the newer Mad Max, is it's just constant action. It's mm -hmm. it, it's just taking you from point A to point B. Not too many surprises. Yeah. You kind of figure out how it's going to end, but it doesn't matter because it's the journey. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, I cannot think of the name offhand of who did... So originally there were two guys that were contra contacted to do the score for the film, and they did this understated... 80s style minimal synth score very much influenced by Carpenter and the like and they, it was rejected because it wasn't intense enough and then they got this other dude to do this okay uh, you know industrial rock score that is basically just action movie wombs and like all that kind of thing I mean it's mostly pretty good it's when the guitars come in it, it cheeses it up a little bit it doesn't really in my opinion detract from the film but it is one of those where I wish you could do the sort of Lion King, or not Lion King, uh, Wizard of Oz, Pink Floyd, Sync Up, and it would be interesting to watch it with the other score, but uh, one day, I bet somebody on the internet's done it, yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, Lena Headey 
who is Cersei in Game of Thrones is in it, and she does a pretty good job as the bad guy. They honestly could have used, could have seen more of her, but, uh... I liked her a lot. I liked her character a lot. I liked the way they styled her character a lot, which yeah. is just very, like... Drug Drugs, yeah, just, like, gritty in the slums, like... It's what Cardi B wants to be. Yeah. Is it? Isn't it? No. Oh. You don't know enough about Cardi B. You should learn really. more about Cardi B because she is an American institution. So, yeah. So, Dread was good. <laughs> I would say... I don't know. I feel like we rate everything highly, although we try to watch movies we like, so... Well, next time we'll watch a shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> anyways, it, it's funny because I think the last, like, three or four movies we've watched, I've all given 4.5s, and it was... Just like no, because we no when we watched fucking uh, Perfect Blue, you gave it five billion stars <laughs> out of five. Okay, and then so. told everyone if they hadn't seen it, they're a stupid piece of shit and should die. I stand by that statement. Yeah, no, no, I don't disagree. So and I've been wanting to tell people they should watch yeah, it, and I have, and they ask me where can I watch this, and I say to them, I don't know. <laughs> Because it's out of print and uh, Frank has a VHS. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't. Uh, it is on Kiss Anime, but it's funny because that was a movie when I lived in Japan. I would ask everybody that was Japanese. Now, most like uh, most Japanese people had watched anime to some degree growing up because it's like you know it's the same. It's on the TV. Like, yeah, right. Watch any other cartoon mm -hmm. here, but I didn't meet a single person that knew Perfect Blue. It was amazing to me. Like, yeah. Satoshi Kon is a famous, famous director in Japan, but I guess he's one of those directors that's as famous, if not more famous, outside of Japan. I mean, he continues to be famous, but he is dead, so mm -hmm. his fame has gone mm -hmm. on. But, uh, but anyway, Perfect Blue does rule. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm tempted to give this... I don't know. I guess it's like more of a 4.25 or something like that. It's not really... It's better than a 4. I mm -hmm. mean, for like the... For the genre, it's awesome. And for a modern action movie, it's like 5 out of 5. As like a movie on the whole, I don't know. We should really rate out of a 10-point scale. You can get more. All right, let's rate out of a 10-point scale. From now on, go. 8, eight out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can reduce to 4 out of 5. Yeah, but I like the sound of 8 out of 10 better. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with that. I give it an 8 out of 10. It's definitely a movie that I love, but it's not... Like, a lot, some of the movies that we watch, like Perfect Blue, or It Follows, or which we will eventually, I'm sure, review at some point, The Witch, those movies come off more as art than just a film. Yeah. Yeah. Every aspect of those movies is amazing. Yeah. There are some things I would change about Dread. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will say that, like, for example, to liken it to other movies of its ilk, like, Predator, for me, is a 10 out of 5 movie. In part because Predator, like, shaped my idea of what it was to be a man, what it was to be a Predator, what it was like <laughs> to shoot a minigun. Wow. It was a lot of important life lessons in a single film. How to deal with pigs in the jungle. Uh, you know, that... How to I, call someone named Dylan a son of a bitch. Yeah, and I... <laughs> Dylan, you son of... Like, I, there was a guy who worked at the Bobby Shea, and his name was Dylan, and we always greeted each other in the fashion of Predator. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. And I love that movie. Like, I could watch that movie from any point of the movie to completion every time. Could watch that movie, you know, once a week for the rest of my life. I love that movie. Was it last year we watched Predator and then Predators? 
I wasn't there for that. Yeah, you watched Predators with me. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I absolutely didn't. I saw it once, and I saw it in theaters, and the guy behind me was trying to sell drugs on the phone, and I was... I was drunk enough to put my life at risk and say, shut the fuck up, dude. Mm -hmm. To which he was like, I'll fucking kill you, honky. And I was like, I'm drunk. Come <laughs> at me. Let me buy some drugs. And my buddy was like, shut up, he'll kill you. But, I, uh, uh, yeah. I would give it, because everyone seems very interested in my reading. I don't think you guys even would have noticed if I didn't read it. Uh, we would have noticed. I would give it... We're doing a 10-point scale? Yeah. That was a really long call. I was just considering. I would say 8.5 future drugs. Out of 10. Out of 10 future drugs. Would yeah. it be more like 3.4? No. Four. It's, it's 1% the normal speed. It I, would be even slower than that. You know what? No. I'm going to give it a 9.5. Because I fucking love nonstop action movies. I love dystopian futures. And I love, I love anything that has to do with, like, being in a lockdown situation trying to get out. Well, so, like, that's... Th that was a perfect movie for me. Yeah, but you should really watch Fury Road. I know you're hesitant to because I think it's so great, but I'm telling you, you're going to watch it and you're be like, this movie rules. Yeah. This is the hardest. Like, that, like, so, and that was probably, that's probably the most com compa comparable movie that yeah, there definitely. is from the last five years. And Fury Road is, like, a 10 out of 5. That movie's fucking yeah. perfect. Well, and maybe we'll watch that next maybe time. We yeah, yeah, I would totally do that. Um, but Dread is... Dread's really good. It just doesn't, like, again, like, Fury Road has a level of excellence that goes above and beyond because it has a vision and scope. And they also had the money. And it was also, uh, what is the name? George Miller, right? The guy that directed it? Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. And, you know, had a 30-year legacy to live up to. And nobody thought. I, I remember watching the trailers. I was like, "This movie's gonna fucking suck." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, the second time I saw Dread, it didn't blow my mind as much as the first, mainly because I was blitzball stoned out of my mind, and we saw it in three D. Oh. So if you can just imagine all of those slow mo scenes in three D while you're stoned, yeah. my my fucking brain fell out of my skull. Yeah. I was like, "This is the greatest cinematic." Masterpiece ever to fucking come out of America. I think it came out of England, but shut up. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was a, a thrill ride for me. I do. I do want to just pick on the the point of um, stone watching movies that should thrill you. We were briefly talking about this the other day. I uh, I was so psyched when Three Hundred was coming out because they had uh, just like you imagined by Nine Inch Nails, which is like the best instrumental they ever did in the original trailer for it for yeah. like 35 seconds and it was the peak part of the song and it was just like slow-mo spartan rage yeah. and i was like this movie's gonna fucking rule yeah. and then i got super blitz high before i saw it and i still was like this movie does not rule nearly as much as i thought i it liked would. 300 a lot 300 had a big hype when it came out too like oh insanely huge super yeah no that. i know it was crazy and i yeah, we went to wendy's afterwards and we all screamed. the bros were into that movie yeah yeah they were. like well, yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of, like, that type of bro mm -hmm. culture. It's like, true. that movie perfectly encapsulated the sort of pent-up homosexual rage that we had in the 80s, but instead of Predator, it was uh -huh. 300. Uh -huh. So, it's an important movie, I'm sure, for a lot of gay dudes who are in the closet, but for me, it just didn't do that much. So. Mm. Loved it. I love that episode of South Park about the Persians who try to take over the lesbian nightclub. <laughs> Scissor me timber, Xerxes. <laughs> yeah, so nice. good. So good. So who's starting? 
What about the disco box? I thought uh, we were just gonna gloss over the disco yeah, box. Yeah, I thought we were. Oh, just, cool. I thought. Yeah. I thought you left it at home today. Yeah. Oh wait. No, that's awesome. Wait. I think I see it glittering behind Frank's naked body. Oh no, my god, it's got spider legs this time, and it's crawling oh around. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wait, I hear it! Oh my god! <laughs> Crack that open. Crack it open, Dick Fatty. Show us what you got. Dick Fatty Disco Ball. So, uh, I don't know. Today was... Uh, Disco Box this week was a little tough in the sense of I've been all over the map with what I've been listening to. Is it Minecraft again? Is oh, it Tears for Fears? No, no. I should put Tears for Fears in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess should. I'll do a, a, a cursory. So there's a, a lot of uh, tears in this apartment because the main thing that gets played on a day-to-day -day basis is Tears for Fears' uh, delightful second album. The, uh, the oh, you know. Help me, guys. You can't remember Songs the names from the big chair. There you go. And um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt when I finally sat down to listen to it because when I was in <laughs> high school and middle school, what? <laughs> no, nothing. Please continue. Yeah. Wow. I uh, I was all into all sorts of '80s music, and everybody was always like, "Tears for Fear" were up there with Depeche Mode and The Cure and all that is quintessential sad man music. And and you also, are a quintessential sad man. Thank you. You're and, shy um, boy. So. The song Shout, like, I never knew was that that was what it was called, and that was by them. It's in, like, a million movies, and Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and Head Over Heels. And it all happened because of season two of uh, Stranger Things, they played Head Over Heels, and I was like, what is this wonderful song? And then I realized that, like, every song on that album was a hit from the 80s, and I've heard them in many movies since. And that was, like, I don't know four or five months ago and steadily it's gone from like occasionally being in my car when I'm on my way to whatever to being like a non-stop I cook to it I shower to it I'm in a bad mood I play it it's just like a really nice spot and my favorite song keeps changing right now it's the working hour tomorrow it could be something else um so I guess yeah that's my number one recommendation in terms of what I'm really listening to but uh I've got this like rep to maintain so I'm gonna I'm gonna make some recommendations they're all Minecraft albums. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it is all noise. So first is uh, Encephalophonic, who's an Italian harsh noise artist. Uh, he predominantly does this sort of cut up harsh noise, which is this a lot of fast switching and changing in the sounds and whatnot. And I got a big package from him in the mail a couple of weeks ago. The seminal American noise reissue compilation, the noise war compilation. And then his first and second album, Regressed Progress and X. And uh, specifically, I want to recommend his first album, which I'm kind of digging the most out of the two. Um, it came out on his own label, Audio Dissection, in like 2013, I think it was. I'll put the dates up on the um, SoundCloud and the, the, the episode description and stuff. But it's really good, really, really brutal, harsh noise that is piercing and unrelenting. Uh, and filled with samples that are deeply disturbing, specifically the second to last song, which is nothing but a sample, and um, deals with like child sexual abuse and all this stuff. And uh, it basically comes off as a Power Electronics album in its vibe, intentions, artwork, and all the rest, song titles, uh, but it's harsh noise, and it is excellent harsh noise. And then my second recommendation is the mighty Swedish uh, harsh noise artist who's 
often forgotten, but uh, singular in his style, interest, and themes, uh, which is blood, which means blood. Pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff there. I basically know Swedish. And um, I want to recommend first the Red Light Companion, which is a triple LP set. It combines um, a reissue of his primordial tape uh, on one record, the um, Notorious tape on the second, or rather on the first record. And then the third record is all the tracks from his split with the Texas Harsh Noise Project, Goat, and then a bunch of compilation songs on the other side. And it's a really nice triple LP box set. Um, it comes with a letter that's sealed with hearts in a pink envelope. And then it's got this delightful writing by Keith Brewer from Mania and Taint fame. Uh, this picture of what appears to be a young girl holding a teddy bear, like sort of crouched over on the ground, like covered, or not covered in blood, but like with a huge amount of blood, like on the floor in front of her. And it's just like thoroughly bad intentioned without any sexually explicit artwork. I mean, the song titles are like, Sarah has to shit and I'm going to watch and like, for a dollar she'll suck your dick. And uh, what's the one? It's like Annie's oral and uh, Evelyn's anal. And it's extremely shit explosive Sarah. That's one of them. Do they have Veronica's vaginal? I don't know. They should though. Uh, Hillary's handy? (laughs) No. But yeah, the, the song titles are truly delightful. It's like all this like coming in your ass while you're shitting, but like not not to the White House level of like. There's there's no kind of almost anger in the wordage. It's all just this glib descriptive nonsense. Oh, it's delightful. I have a question. Yes. How how do you come in someone's ass if they're shitting? It's a really good point. What do you mean? It's a really good well, point. Well, I mean it's coming out, but I mean you can ejaculate. This is why I hope okay. my mom definitely listens to the podcast. Yeah. So I told her to. She said she would. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. It's just all all the songs are basically for anywhere from like 30 seconds to four minutes. They seem to be deceptively simple. They are pretty simple, but they <laughs> they just like they just work right. And at three LPs, it's a pretty overwhelming box set of just that kind of thing. But whatever. And since I couldn't have enough blood, I finally picked up the last piece of the, the puzzle of his discography, which is his uh, CD album called My Beloved Daughters on Sager Hoover, uh, who also did the box set. And it was like four bucks. It's still really easy to get. The CD itself smells like strawberries. Um, and it's the just same shit. It's awesome. There's a bunch of French in some of the titles now for whatever reason. And, uh, that makes you happy, I bet. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Most people would hate it. It's like the worst kind of thing. I wound up on, I was trying to Google information about him, and I wound up on a drum and bass forum where somebody had, like, brought him up and was, it was, like, from the last FM page, and it was like, this dude's definitely a pedophile, and blah, blah, blah. It was, like, people who have no idea what noise music is, and it just cracks me up to think that people will seriously think, like, just because of your song titles or whatever, like, it's like if you only knew, like, we're just a bunch of dudes like to drink beer and make horrible sounding noise. And, uh, yeah, that, it was a really interesting thread of just total lack of knowledge. Uh, and then my last recommendation is Soulmania's uh, Psychedelic, which is, Soulmania is a Japanese noise band that now is based off of two guys with uh, double neck guitars 
and huge like basically platforms of pedals that are so expensive each one costs more than you know you could fathom and uh they make this like wild squalling crazy guitar noise basically but this is one of their older albums and the cover has a motorcycle on it which is really cool and then there's songs that have the <laughs> sounds are cool yeah they are cool and there are sounds of motorcycles on it which is even cooler and the songs are about motorcycles so i really like it because motorcycles are neat and uh it's not their harshest work it's not even their best composed work but it's really really cool if you like motorcycles and, <laughs> and japanese harsh noise and uh it's pretty out of print but um I got it for a really nice price from uh, Discogs, I think, a couple, four or five years ago. And I'm still digging my way through it. It's only like three or four songs on it, but it's cool. So, yeah, check that out. Somania are, they're, they're not always mentioned on the same level as Tijo Kaiden and Incapacitans and Masana and Merzbau. They're, they're sort of forgotten in the realm of like alchemy uh, noise artists and they're fucking great. And I saw them live when I was in Japan and I had never heard them before and they blew me the fuck away. So, yeah, big, big, big recommendation for that. And that's my disco box recommendations. Back, disco box, get back in your cage. <laughs> Alright, so I am starting tonight. And what are we talking about tonight, boys? Alex Jones. This thing. No. Well, kind of, Alex Jones. kind of, we're talking about conspiracy theories Ooh. 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 for people that want to know the truth and know that the truth is out there and know not to trust anyone, especially the government, because they're lying to you. I'm going to spit on your leg. It's good. And what, what are you covering, Flex? What I will be covering tonight is the conspiracy that high-ranking officials in government mm, and Hollywood... Back up. The truth. The truth that high-ranking officials in the government and in Hollywood <coughs> are, in fact, a race of reptilians who run the world and want to inherit humanity and run it for themselves. Now, Flex, look, so what exactly is a reptilian? Now, um, I'm going to go into that, but uh, let me just start that they're called reptilians. They're also called reptoids, lizard mm. people, reptilioids, saranas, and draconians. Draconians, I know. Yeah. I've met them. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're like humanoids. There's, there's a great, I'll refer to this now. There's a great diagram that I found online that uh, breaks down the um, characteristics of how to identify a reptilian. Okay. Um, but I feel like, should I wait on that? Should I go into it a little more before I... Well, no. Tell us how to identify okay. them before this you is, go into their plans. This is how you would identify them. Okay? <clears throat> they have a predominance of green or hazel eyes that change color like a chameleon, but also blue eyes. So... Hey, Flex, what color are your eyes? Strike one for me. Piercing eyes. I have that. True red or reddish hair. Looking at you, Ben Oh, Beardo. God. We're all reptilians. Okay. A sense of not belonging to the human race. Oh, shit. This is getting worse. I just really like that it's a sense of not belonging to the human race. Low blood pressure. 
I've got that. My blood pressure's actually mm-hmm. pretty good. Deep compassion for fate of mankind. Nope, not a reptilian. Keen sight or hearing. Also not a reptilian. Psychic abilities. No comment. ESP. Good. Unexplained scars on the body. Well, I can explain all of mine. UFO connections. Capability to disrupt electrical appliances. Yeah, they I don't say how, like though. Pick. Yeah, <laughs> so you could disrupt an electrical appliance with a hammer. Frank's just out here hitting his dick against the light bulb. Love <sighs> of space and science. And alien contacts. So I feel like some of these are more obvious than others. Like, if you have contact with aliens, you know, that's... But low blood pressure. If you have contact with aliens, you might be a reptilian. <laughs> oh, my God. If you have low blood <laughs> you might be a reptilian. Well, it's interesting because um, I think it was Louis C.K. before he was... Before we hated him. We, we hated him? Yeah. I mean, he's a known sexual predator now. You guys knew that, right? There's a lot of silence in this room. Silence is complicitness <laughs> in the patriarchy. Let's just touch on something else. So anyways, Louis C.K. So Louis C.K. has been great. Does, does this interview with Donald Rumsfeld, where he asks him, like, point blank, like, are you a reptilian person? And... Donald Rumsfeld keeps like dodging the question and not not just saying no I'm not like he never explicitly says no I'm not so this big thing came up that was like if you're a reptilian person you either have to say yes or you but you can't you like can't lie about it so that's another characteristic um are you a reptilian person flex you know I feel like that question is accusatory and doesn't really get to the true nature are of you what a we're reptilian? talking about um, are you a reptilian? Um, are you a reptilian? Oh, shit, skin. That would actually make a it lot of It would make sense. a lot of sense because of my giant appendages. Yeah. I know. And your tail. So, <laughs> so um, <coughs> the idea of reptilians was popularized by David Icke, um, who's a conspiracy theorist that I'm going to get into. Sounds like a fake name. Um, Sounds like a one so, letter away from a... Yeah. yeah. Does he know a guy named Mike? <laughs> Mike and I. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> he claims shape-shifting reptilian aliens control Earth by taking on human form and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. Um, so, a 2013 poll showed that 4% of Americans believe that reptilian people are controlling the government. Do you know how many how many 4% is? Take a while, I guess. Well. Because it's way more than I thought. I'm not here to math... 215 million. No, that's that's more. 12 million. But 12 million people believe. Listen, how many people think the Earth's flat? I mean, they're right, but... So here's the kind of um, come up of this reptilian agenda. Um, the, the first appearance of super serpent men was um, in... Ancient Egypt. No. Mesopotamia. It was literature. Um, I can't... I, I don't have this guy's first name. His last name was Howard. He did this, uh, book, this short story called The Shadow, Shadow Kingdom. And he described... This was August 1929. He described serpent men as humanoid with human bodies but snake heads, able to imitate real humans at will, who lived in hiding in underground passages, using their safe-changing and mind-control abilities to infiltrate humanity. Which is still 
pretty much believe that they live underground, that they come out to gain power, that they can shapeshift. Um, so it's not so much that they're in a human suit and when you unzip it, they're reptilians, but they can take the form, the human form. There's so many things I want to say, but I don't know if you're going to cover them, so I'm just going to stay quiet. Okay. Well, didn't Billy Corgan see a shapeshifter? Yes, he did. We brought that up on a much earlier yeah. episode. Yeah, he did. Could, could it have been a lizard person? It could have, and there's, there's a few... I, I might have it in here, I might not, but what I read, there were a few sightings of people who said, oh, before this interview, this person's eyes went completely black, and they were like... Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, pictures and video stills mm. of, like, president's eyes, like, like going all flashy and yellow and shit for a second. I've seen that. Yeah, so a few of these um, books... So, the, uh, the Shadow Kingdom, um, there's one called the Emerald Tablets, um, a guy that took a lot of inspiration from Lovecraft wrote some of these, I can't, I don't have his name though, but he, David Icke, who has written a lot of books, but he wrote this main book called Children of the Matrix, I will show you the so cover art. Is this guy a fiction writer or a supposed No, he has writer. a very interesting story. Um, this is the... First person that woke up from the Matrix? This is the cover of Children of the Matrix. Let me find that for you. Because he has, he has a lot of books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen... 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 bucks. For the record, uh, I want everyone to know that prior to a week ago, Flex didn't know how to count, and she's not actually counting books, she just wanted to show off her counting really prowess and hold it over Dick Betty and I's heads. So he might be hinting at something. Children of the Matrix. That's a lizard eye. It's a lizard eye and a human eye. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, aren't they both lizard eyes? One's just a disguised lizard eye? It's very astute of you. Um, so, also, alien abduction narratives can, like, um, can bleed into this reptilian stuff. Um, one of the earliest reports was this guy from Nebraska. He was a police officer <laughs> named Herbert Schirmer. Schirmer? Born in 1945. He claims to be taken aboard a UFO in 1967 by humanoid beings with a slightly reptilian appearance who wore a winged serpent emblem, emblem sorry, on the left side of their chest. Um, so there's a lot of UFO so they stuff in this. They had clothes on. They had clothes on with, like, I like that they had their own. Basically, like thing. Wizard, wizard lizards. Yeah. Ooh, wizard lizards. Wizard lizards. Yeah. But that's basically. What it traces back to, like, this whole lizard thing was very much popularized by David Icke. Like, he got most of his stuff from, um, you know... Going to the zoo one time yeah, and checking yeah. out the reptile house. Well, it's really interesting. Okay, so, David Icke, um, well, he says that they are tall, blood-drinking, shape-shifting, reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Draconia star system. Right, so I looked up the Alpha Draconia star system and thought maybe I would find some interesting stuff on it. Now it's just a star system. That's with like a it. sick name. Yeah, with a sick name. Um, they hide in underground bases and they're forced behind a worldwide conspiracy against humanity. Humanity. Um, he contends that most of the world's ancient and modern leaders are related to the reptilians. So the Merovingana dynasty, where is that from? The Merovingians? Yes. Vingians. What is that? 
I don't know. I know it from uh, Vampire the Masquerade. They're one of the guilds of vampires. Yeah, I don't know where they're from. Clans. The Rothschild, the Bush family, the British royal. I, think the Mar- I mean, I assume family. the Merovingians were Italian or like Roman Empire or something like that. Um, one one of he claimed that like Roman. Bob Bob Hope was one. Yeah, they were like Renaissance Romans, right? Merovingians. Um, so he has supporters in 47 countries and ha- still gives lectures. He's, he gives lectures to crowds as big as 6,000 people, which is insane. That's not that many. I've played for more than 6,000. Well, to me, that seems like a lot of people to believe. And I read also an interesting article on, like, why, like, people who believe in conspiracy theories are, it's not like so much that one person believes in one conspiracy theory, it's that, you know, one person is believing in all of the conspiracy theories. Yep, that's and they, why they're all yeah. anti-Semites. Yeah, and this is this this is a big anti-Semite thing too. Um, critics of him are like, "You're just an anti-Semite." Um, is he though? He writes a lot of, of uh, like about a lot of Zionist shit, and um, like I think openly. Yeah, but I mean, Zionism is a real thing in the yeah. sense of. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. So. A lot of truth it's there. it's really interesting and David Ike from all appearances was living a great life and then like developed schizophrenia later in life and is like high functioning schizophrenic is my theory um, did he develop it later in life or was he mind attacked that's by true. the that's reptilians true. that's a really really good point well I would think that if that was the case then they accidentally woke him which probably was not their original intention but it's more likely that he was hit by uh, I would think government mind weapons by accident right, right. and it probably woke him up from the matrix and that was not intended. So his brain is actually living in two different realities at one time, both the matrix so, and the real well, world. Well, but if you know anything about the prison that is this world, because, you know, we, we live in a world created by an imperfect demigod who thinks he's perfect, right? right. He's like this second lesser god. And the Roman Empire never ended. We're in fact in a prison where the walls are constantly changing to give us the illusion that like time is passing, that we, we're like developing, we move, and the, the world stays still and we move around it. But that isn't the case at all. It's, it's like, it's not even that time is a flat circle, it's just that it's like this, this constantly shape-shifting outer shell, but like we're still in Roman Empire times. A lot of people don't realize that. I feel like we should pull Behold a Pale Horse off the bookshelf there and just read a few sections. Because it would really align with our topic tonight. Why well, I do have a book I want to bring up, but once again, I don't know how much you're covering. And do you, Let me do, keep going. Do you, do you? So, Ike was a BBC television sports presenter um, and a spokesman for the Green Party. Um, so he was more into sports, and he was a sportscaster, and then he got involved with the Green Party, um, because he was getting into New Age medicine. Like, tr- like, like the Green Party? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Get that, is that really what they are? No. Um, I don't know much about the Green Party, and this is also in, um, England, so, um. So, I think he's probably more like that dude from Beyond the Black Rainbow. That makes sense. Like the doctor. What's what's the institute called? The Bo- Borealis Institute? I don't remember. Borea. Did I watch that movie with no, you guys? No. no. Um, well, he got arthritis, and he was getting into, like, new age medicine and shit like that, and then, like, for some reason that got him 
in contact with the Green Party, and, like, within a very short amount of time, he was one of the top billed, like, speakers for the Green Party. Cool. So, um, then he went to a psychic in 1990 that told him he had been placed on Earth for a purpose and would begin to receive messages from the spirit world. Um, so, the following year, he held a press conference, and he was like, okay, I just need to be honest with all of you, I am the son of the god, the godhead, I am in direct communication with God, and that, um, you guys need to know that the world's gonna, um, end soon by tidal waves and earthquakes, and, um, he went on this BBC primetime show, uh, Wogan, um, and basically, like, the entire audience made fun of him, and this, the presenter said something like, he said something like, laughter is the best way to, like, get through these times, and the presenter was like, they're not laughing with you, they're laughing at you, and it was hailed as, like, something that never should have been aired to begin with, um, and he went into, like, hiding after that, not hiding, but he refused to do public interviews, and, um, he... Well, basically, they put somebody who had a mental breakdown... On, on TV. Yeah, on TV, and... <laughs> and he, he was a respected public figure. He was yeah. a sportscaster, so people were like... Well, I don't know that I have a lot of respect for sportscasters, yeah, but, but a lot of he had become political already at this point, and was having a normal political career, which, again, I don't know that I automatically respect a politician. He went on, after this, to go into the turquoise years, where he, like, only wore tur turquoise. That's a good color. Yeah, it is a good because color. he thought it was, like, the Does he have most... white hair? No, I don't... I, I haven't... He's I didn't turquoise a picture hair. of him. So, over the next 11 years, he wrote a bunch of books, um, and developed his worldview and New Age conspiracism. Um, so he endorsed a lot of anti-Semitic anti-semitic shit um he also denied the holocaust um and then his publisher was like look i don't want to publish you anymore this is some crazy shit so he started self-publishing um and at the heart of his theories which is always a great thing yeah at the heart of his theories lies the idea that many prominent figures belong to the babylonian brotherhood a group of shape-shifting reptilian humanoids who are propelled propelling humanity toward a global fascist state or new world order the reptilians use the rings of Saturn and the moon, all reptilian constructs, to broadcast our five-sense prison and artificial sense of self and the world that humans perceive as reality. So this is when I started going down a really intense... What did I not just... What, did I not say that the Roman Empire never ended? Yeah. That we live in a shape-shifting yeah. prison? We're constantly in stasis? Um, okay, so here we go. A little lizard boy. Um... So, um, Ike maintains that they came here for monoatomic gold, which is a, a, a non-existent mineral. Only gases can exist in a monoatomic state. Um, but he writes that it increases the capacity of the nervous system 10,000 fold, and after ingesting it, the reptilians can process vast amounts of information, speed up trans-dimensional travel, and shapeshift from reptilian to human. Um, the first reptilian human breeding programs took place in 200,000 to 300,000 years ago, perhaps creating Adam. Yeah, it goes back that far, guys. Um, the hybrids of the third program today control the world. The, and this is a quote from him. So this also puts forth the idea that parts of the Bible are real and Adam and Eve were real. Yes. No, but I don't think that that's what it does, because again, it's, it's, I think it's using what's already, if I could say, a popular narrative 
for uh, the world we live in and co-opting it for your own terms. It's not saying the Bible happened. It's just saying that idea you have of a, a, of a first man, yeah. this Adam character, uh-huh. it's not put here by God. I mean, not the God you worship. He's put here by lizard people uh-huh. from the stars, yeah. which is as believable as the Bible. I agree with that. So, well. um, Direct quote from him. The Brotherhood, which controls the world today, is a modern expression of the Babylonian Brotherhood of Reptile, Aryan, Priests, and Royalty, which came together there after the Flood. So, um... Is he pro-reptile, or is he against it? He's, he's anti-reptile. Okay. He believes the reptilian people are coming to... So how are you anti-Semitic, but also anti-Aryan? I don't know. Hmm. I'm sure it's easy to be a lot of crazy things. When you believe that lizard people are running the world. Uh, you know what? He might not be anti-reptile. But it's kind of confusing. Because it's like, he's like, these guys are going to take over the world. Yeah. No, it sounds like he's a truther. He's just trying to get it out there. And he, I think he is trying to expose them. But... Maybe he's aligned with them in some way. I don't know. Well, I think we often become slaves to the things we fight against, yeah. right? Our identity's built upon the fact that we, we are exposing the truth of reptiles, mm-hmm. but really, are we exposing them in a, in a way that negatively affects their <laughs> ability to do what they so want? So, that shit that I... Very good point. Dick buddy. The shit about them, you know, um, coming here for minerals that don't exist, and that was, like, the tip of the iceberg of, like, the information that is out on reptilian people. Like, like they... They have the they have it mapped out like what they eat, how they form, what they're here for. But 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 there's so much information, and I was going down the rabbit hole, and I was like, I, I can't read any more of this because it's getting really confusing to me. Um, but very very interesting stuff. That's that's really all that I have. But yeah, I uh, what were you gonna bring up? <laughs> well, the whole idea. So when I was in elementary school, I read a book. I actually pulled up the title because it's really long, and I always forget exactly what it is but a book called excuse me nothing in this book is true but it's exactly how things are that's by him isn't it is it oh man i think that's by david ike uh why isn't it giving me the name of the one Nope, Bob Frissel. Wait, hold on. You were wrong. It's not by him. Anyway, the book details all of the main alien races, little green men, greys, reptilians, and explains how, like, the reptilians have been here since before we were here, and they flew in, and then there's, like, a whole class system where, like, the ones that live underground are a lower class than, like, the draconians, which are the ones that, um are able to space travel and they've got wings and shit but this this book blew my little elementary school (laughs) brain out my ass because it was in my elementary school library talking about like how these beings like are on different levels of consciousness than us and that's why they can perform transdimensional travel i love how you're like what elementary school library has conspiracy theory where do you think i got all this shit (laughs) This is all. This has all been a long time That's coming. Awesome. I'm gonna be just like like it, fucking yeah. when I, by the time I'm forty, just screaming at a wall about the reptilian. Uh, well, I went on his website and perused. They, I want to read you his uh, 
t-shirt selection because he sells t-shirts and supplements much like Alex Jones um, here we go shop and let's look at I'm not saying you should definitely buy me one of his t-shirts for my birthday I, I really kind of but want you to. should definitely Clothing buy and posters one um, of his t-shirts the British brainwashing corporation t-shirt do you want that is there one with reptilians on it? There isn't one with reptilians. What else um, we got? What else we got? They, it's just funny. They have these quotes by him that, like, aren't that good on t-shirts. If you're easily offended, now would be a good time to fuck off, David Icke. Don't buy me that um, shirt. <laughs> we will be deceived to know more with the Illuminati thing. Um, this is my favorite poster, and I really, I kind of want it. The Earth Needs Rebels. David Icke. And it's a dog wearing a fedora and sunglasses. What a rebel! What? <laughs> is that not amazing? You can, I can, man, I don't... Yeah. Anyway. Racism is I'll like take... judging a man by his face. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's this one. I feel like you should get, you should wear your trans whatever blah 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 shirt. Yeah. I'll wear that shirt and then we'll let God sort it Well, out. he's like got anti-semitic tones and stuff and then he has this which says racism is like judging a man by his spacesuit instead of the person inside of it david ike as if it's a good quote it's not a good quote he doesn't hate jews he just thinks they lied Ugh. yeah so if anyone wants to get me that poster pack because he does sell a whole pack of the posters are they together, wildly more expensive than they should be they are no, all so cheap actually- yeah, they're super. They're un- unbelievably affordable. Um, but the Earth Needs Rebels with the dog and the fedora and sunglasses, I'd really like. Um, you got a birthday coming if, up. If you want to get me the Illuminati shit, I won't be mad at you. Okay. We will be deceived no more. Yeah. Yeah. Also, remember how you said you you almost got me that Alex Jones hoodie? Well, Mariah won't let me buy it now, but if you buy it for me for a <laughs> holiday. She what? can't get mad at me, and she won't even know because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Wait, I'm sorry. What is the Alex Jones? Oh, not Alex Jones. Um, J- uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jones. Jonestown. Jonestown. The Jones. The fucking one with Jim Jones on it, and it says "thirsty." You remember that? Uh, that's mm. cool. Vaguely. She won't let me buy it. She's like, "That's really inappropriate." He killed 900 people. Oh, whatever. Did what he though? The... They killed themselves. I don't think the blood was on Jim Jones's hands. He was trying to create a better world, and the government fucking shut him down. Like reptiles tend to fucking do. Yeah, well... So, let's hear your truth, Ben, because... Have either, have either of you been to Colorado? I've been to this airport. You've been to the Denver airport? Many times. <laughs> so you're going to know about some of the stuff I'm talking about. I am. But probably not all of it. Very excited. The Denver airport. A conspiracy. It's not really an airport. The truth about the Denver Well, no, it's airport. definitely an airport. I okay, mean, okay. Fl- and out of okay, never mind. Sorry, I was wrong. At 33,531 acres is the largest airport in the United States. Uh-huh. Also, some of the worst delays. Yep. Uh, it was commissioned in 1989 at a cost of $1.7 billion. The airport was finished in 1995. Two years later, at the cost of $4.8 billion, roughly $3.1 billion over their budget. Wow. First clue as to why they go so over budget. Good why question. would they need to do that? I'm interested. 
Well, they never stopped construction and it's still under construction to this day. But why? Because they're constantly building new facilities underneath. Oh, he's getting there. Okay. He's getting there. He's almost there. All right. It was opened officially in 1995. And a lot of people were confused by this fact because there's already another airport in Denver. Another international airport. The Stapleton International Airport. Why do you need two international airports? Why, Dick Fetty? <laughs> because they're fucking bringing cocaine in and out of Colorado like nobody's business. Well, I'll, I'll hit you with my first piece of evidence. Okay. When construction began, they started building five buildings. Now, you could probably, if you can find a picture of it, which I'm sure you can, you should post it on the Instagram. They're kind of in a, it's almost in the shape of like a child's drawing of a house where there's four and then one in the middle up top, right, so right, it right. kind of creates like that house shape. Yeah. Now they built these buildings. You mean like a pentagram? Exactly. Pentagon. So they built these buildings, and then the higher ups were like, "Nah, they're built wrong. Fucking bury them. We're gonna build on top of them." Shut up. Not even kidding. That's that's hundred percent true. Okay. Like everything else. Now. Outside of that, there are around eight levels of underground uh, facilities that are said to exist. And people who work in them and have been in them won't say a word about them. Wait, so we know that they're there? Yes, we know there's underground stuff there. Okay. But no one will talk about it. Is it possible they're not talking about it because there's nothing to talk about? Well, no, they like avoid the question when asked. Why What's wouldn't they just be like, why wouldn't they just be like, there's just some tunnels and shit? Or, or, are the underground structures actually a bunker meant to keep world leaders safe? The NWO or the New World Order oh. um, from disaster. As further proof to this fact, in 2011, when the comment... Elenin, which I think is how you pronounce it, uh, was very close to the earth and people thought that we were going to get hit by it. President Obama flew into the Denver airport. Why? To buy fucking tons of weed. Yeah. To be put in the underground structure with the rest of his brethren, the reptilians. No! Here yeah. they are. Yeah. Shut up. Good thing I went first, because now we all have now we have the backstory. So also the Queen of England. Oh yeah, definitely a lizard. Apparently, secretly and anonymously has been buying up properties <coughs> surrounding the airport too. Why Denver? Have you been to Denver? It's delightful. It is delightful. Fair enough. And it's also probably where the Draconians first exited the Earth. Just saying. And also mountains. It's just really nice. I, w I was at the Denver airport when my uh, I had a connecting flight from San Francisco to Philadelphia. My connecting flight was in Denver, and we left San Francisco late. It was actually Oakland. And uh, so I knew I was going to miss my flight by the time I got there, and I was like, I'm just going to have to sleep in the airport. This sucks. And I was 20, 19, 20 at the time. I had a fake, though. So it was awesome because you could still smoke at the Denver airport in parts at the time. So I went and I smoked a cigarette. Then I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. 
And I went to the counter expecting this big fight, and they're like, here's your pass for your free overnight stay. Your flight leaves at 5 in the morning tomorrow, or like 6 in the morning or whatever. I was like, oh, cool, okay. So they put me up at the Red Lion, and I was like, this place is going to be a shithole. If I can get there, well, first of all, before I get there, we leave in a van. The fucking sun is setting over the mountains. It's like gorgeous blood, blood red sunrise. Probably the blood of men who had been slain by the reptiles, but okay. whatever. Fucking gorgeous. I'm listening to MGR, which is this, like, guitar ambient shit. It's so fucking nice. I get to the hotel. Hotel's super nice. I go up to my room, order a bunch of champagne. I bought a bunch of Hustlers at the, the newsstand. So I take off my pants, and then I... I turn on some porn, and I got porn on my bed, and then the guy brings up champagne, and I sort of forget that I ordered it, so then I gotta get dressed hurriedly, and he comes in, and there's just, like, porn everywhere, and he was like, uh... Your hard dick's hanging out. Yeah, he's like, can I man? see some ID? And I was like, I got you, fam. And I whipped out my fake, and he looked at me, and he looked at the porn, and he was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna need another bottle. He was like, okay, just call down. And then I got drunk and I whacked it until I couldn't stay awake anymore. And I watched Generation Kill as I fell asleep. And then I came home. It was great. I had a blast in Denver. Did you run into any reptilians? I don't know. Do you want me to read Wrong the Wrong answer. Most likely. Yeah, most likely. Did they have? <laughs> did that guy that served you your champagne have low blood pressure and red hair? I don't, I don't remember. I was really fixated on the... What was about to be... It was like a docked boat, like, in inside a marina, this, like, German gangbang porn. It was really good. And, uh, I still, I still have the, the magazines I bought. It wasn't actually a hustle, it was a club. Did you come on the floor? But Tory Black was on the cover. Uh, no, I came on the sheets. Yeah, times. see, it's not my hotel room until at least a little bit of my semen hits the floor. Okay. Alright. Continue, Ben. So, where was I? Oh, right. The NWO. So, the entire airport is also surrounded by barbed wire guard fence. Now, can anyone tell me, if you're trying to keep people out, which way does the barbed wire face? Out. Exactly. And where does it face at the Denver airport? Uh, in! But wait, doesn't barbed wire go in a circle? So, doesn't it No, they have, yeah, yeah, they have like, the angled stuff. Okay. So, what are they trying to keep in there? Reptiles. No, the reptiles are allowed to leave. That's what Us. I'm Us. So they have human slaves? We'll get there. Okay. Don't you worry your pretty little head that's going to be eaten by the NWO. I can't so. think of the wrestling lord. <laughs> that's exactly what I think of. That's what they want you to think it's of. True, it's true. Also, if you look at an aerial view of the airport runways... They look suspiciously like a swastika. Uh, looking that up right now. Suspiciously or awesomely? Uh, sort of like a swastika if you squint real hard. <laughs> well, everything looks like a swastika. If you s it's just a bunch of lines. So there's also been a bunch of questions outside of whether or not it's a bunker for the New World Order. What's going on underneath? Okay, it, I'm sorry. It looks absolutely wow. nothing like a swastika. Yeah, well, apparently you're blind to racism. I guess. Oh, I see it. It does kind of look like a swastika. Like Weird. a really drunk person drew a swastika. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's real bad. This. Oh, you're looking at Google Maps? Yeah, dog. What are you looking at? Images of the Cleveland airport. Well, it's the Denver airport. Oh. <laughs> Cincinnati, you dog. Denver. See, the reptilians are already controlling your mind. Okay, that looks like a drunk person. Did a swastika. Yeah, it's really bad. 
So, they're Nazis? Well, there's a lot of German imagery around, and the Nazis folded into the New World Order. Look, it's really complicated. We're going to stick to the Denver airport right now, though. Okay. I don't, don't want to go into a whole tangent. I don't want anyone's mind to be shit out their butts right now, okay? We're, we're keeping it small. We can only wake up a few sheeple at a time. Okay. Otherwise, you have a whole, whole, whole horde of awokes skittering and scattering all over the place, being all scared. I love that I looked at the Cleveland airport. So in 2007, 14 commercial air aircrafts reported spontaneously shattered windshields, and the presumed result: electromagnetic pulses. So are they testing weapons to take us out down there? Are they? Most likely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, and this is one of my favorite parts about this. Uh, and Frank's probably seen it if he's flown in there. It is home to the Blue Bronco. Now, who is the Blue Bronco? Have you see the Blue Bronco? Also known as Blucifer. Yep, good name. Is a 32-foot-tall ceramic horse sculpture with glowing red eyes. Shut up. It's fucking terrifying Holy looking. Holy shit. Yeah. And you Are see you it when you fly me? in. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It's got glowing red eyes. Yep. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And in 2006, during its construction, it killed its creator, <laughs> Luis Jimenez, who, was, who died after Jimenez? a section... Is uh, it a J? Yeah. You know those J's are soft. Today. I don't know. I'm I'm not soft right now because I'm hard for the truth. This is so fucking scary. Yeah. Well, it's about to get fucking worse. Wait, can you see its penis? It doesn't have a penis. I looked. It looks like it has. It does have some really crazy veins on it, though. So the sculptor died when a nine thousand pound when the nine thousand pound head of the sculpture. Fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. Holy shit. That's what you get for building a demon horse. Well, now, there is a popular belief that the horse represents one of the horses ridden by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh. Perhaps an omen? I think so. There's actually also a giant sculpture of Anubis there as well. The Egyptian god of death. Huh. There's some interesting themes for an airport. Well, these are just a couple of examples. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty shit here. Okay. Okay? So there are a few murals depicting exactly how the NWO planned to destroy our world and take it over. Okay. Are there, though? Yes, there are. Okay, explain them to me. They are as follows. Now, there, like I said, there's a few large murals... Merle, murals. Merle. 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 Get out of here, Merle. The first one <laughs> depicts a big soldier wearing all green and a gas mask holding an assault rifle, which kind of looks like an AK-47. Also holding a sword, which is killing a dove, the symbol of peace, with dead women and children sleeping on rubble. Wait, that cannot be true. That is fucking true. Holy shit. Now, surrounding him, you can see <laughs> what looks like kind of a gray gas, right? 
You can yeah, see that? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, we'll we'll fucking get to that. Possibly a bioweapon that's going to be used by the New World Order to take us all out? Uh, there's also a rainbow. <laughs> We're going to get there. <laughs> we'll get to everything, okay? Okay. The second mural shows third world <laughs> populations dying and a few elite species of animal being protected from the apocalypse sealed in glass containers and the Mayan symbol for 2012 presiding over all of it. Which we all know was when the Mayans thought the world was going to end. Yeah. yeah, I remember. It was disappointing when it didn't. Now, on the floor near these murals is written A-U-A-G with like a little cart with like rubble in it. It's all like carved into this little plaque on the floor. Yeah. Now, I bet both of you are thinking, but Ben, all those men are gold and silver. Wrong! <laughs> They actually are abbreviations for the Australia antigen. Oh, wow. Which is a toxin that was discovered by Dr. Barack Bloomberg. Barack Obama. Bloomberg. Oh. Bloomberg's also there. That sounds... I'm Jewish. Not good. <laughs> I didn't say... Anyway. These murals are... Focus, people. Okay, okay. This uh, is life or death here. Them, the New World Order. <laughs> Dumbass. Now, Bloomberg was also a sponsor for the airport. What? Meaning, that is guaranteed proof that AUAG stands for the Australia Antigen. It could mean American University. It does not. <laughs> Augustus. You're wrong. Wake up. Sheeple. Frank the Sheeple. Just a sheep person. Sheepers. Now perhaps this is the bioweapon depicted in the first mural now, when that they're going to use to decimate most of the population so there's less of us and in turn we are easily controlled. Interesting. Interesting. You ask, look like your questions. you just did a lot of cocaine. I did a lot of fucking <laughs> truth today. I'll tell you what. What does the rainbow symbolize? What? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> All the colors that come out of white, dum-dum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You said you would get to it. It's to throw you off. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Okay. In the second to last mural, it depicts all of the children of the world... I saw that. ...handing their weapons. Mm. Why do the children of the world have weapons? To a German boy. More Nazi stuff. Yeah. yeah. How do we know the boy's German? Well, but I don't think the swastikas were Nazi stuff. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me do, let me, let me wake you up, alright? I'm wondering why all these kids have weapons. Because we, we, the NWO killed all the parents. Yeah, do you know anything about And who's easily controlled and reprogrammed? Children. That is 100% a German boy, if I've ever seen a German boy. Yes, it is. And then there's a... Also in it is the gas mask man from the first mural, yeah. now dead, with two doves resting upon him, completely alive. Looks like he never killed those doves. All of the children seem to be relieved in this. Perhaps know. symbolizing a return to peace, a rebirth. 
a place where there's no more need for weapons in this new world. Which is exactly what the NWO wants. And then the final mural shows something kind of like the Garden of Eden. You know, like paradise, if you will. The world now lives in peace after this horrific event has taken place. Now when they're all viewed in sequence, they depict a massive genocide. Followed by the formation of a now less populated, harmonious new world. And in other places throughout, there's like strange words and unknown language written. Zit, dit, guy. And there's a bunch of other shit too, but less important. Right, it's okay. probably reptilian language. Absolutely. And they probably want us to read it so we become their slaves even more. This is fucking crazy. Now, the most telling of all of this is a granite monument that's in the airport that claims it is a time capsule. On it is the symbol of the Freemasons, who, you know, most people know are a part of the Illuminati. Yeah. But some of the people that it's dedicated to, one of the groups is called the New World Airport Commission. Now, number one, no such fucking thing. Go ahead, look it up. Google it. It doesn't exist. All you find out is what, what the article's linking back to the truth. Exactly. New world, new world order. New world airport. A-U-A-G. Yeah, I think so. Wait, okay. So we have to wait until 2094? Is that when they're going to take over? Yeah, well, so fucking stop jumping ahead of me. Okay, I'm sorry. You can't, you're going to take in too much truth at once. Okay. And you're going to have a truth you're chasm. Right. It's right. not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> So, like you had mentioned, this time capsule isn't going to be open to 2094. Now, what what's what's in this? And is, is that when they plan to take power? Is it is it is in the time capsule? Is the new decrees for the new world? So to sum up all of this information <laughs> that I just gave you. You've maintained the same level of anger through all yeah. of this, and I appreciate the new that. world order. A collection of the most powerful people in the world hell-bent on killing a bunch of us to create a unified Earth they can control. Build the Colorado National Airport, or International Airport, as a headquarters to start their mass genocide, to control the planet, and as a safe place for, for them to hide from destruction. Then filled it with a bunch of artistic representations of how they're going to do it because movie villains are real and because they thought it was funny. Wow. That was a hot plate of truth. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing is, no matter how much truth to eat, still fucking hungry. So let's bring it over to Dick fucking Fetties. Yikes. Wow. Wowza. Alright. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, so I picked a more uh, recent, although I have to say, the, the, the biggest truth I'm learning is that these conspiracies are all pretty recent. Oh, yeah. I, I did not realize it's the internet, that dude. David Icke was from the 90s. Yeah. I, like, I get the X-Files now. Mm -hmm. I understand why, like, that shit was popping off. And the Denver airport? Pfft, who knew? So, I picked... Well, we do now. We know. Yeah. Um, you know. All right, sorry, go ahead. So, what I wanted to learn more about uh, was the truth about what really happened at Sandy Hook. And, uh... 
you know, what it all means for us as Americans and, and as slaves to the New World Order. And I, I got so much research here, I don't, I, don't e I don't even know. I don't even know. But um, I do know. Actually, I'm, I'm quite woke now. So I want to talk about a couple things that are, gonna, that are, that are going to come up a couple times over in my research. Important things. Things like false flag, like crisis actor, like... Lucifer, the 32-foot-tall <laughs> horse. Deep state what these words mean so that when I use them repeatedly in my uh, truth sermon, that people will understand. So first of all, false flag, uh, pretty cool sounding term. It go goes back to the olden days when we used ships to uh, fight, fight each other uh -huh. on the high seas. Uh -huh. And basically nations would um, send one of their vessels over under the guise of a different flag and they'd be like, oh no, France is here, better blow them up there, this is an act of aggression, and they would blow up the ship, but it would actually be like an American ship, but we would just raise a French flag in it, and then, so it would be like, oh, France attacked us, and then, and then like, we would have a pretext for a war. France doesn't attack people. Yeah, but you get what I'm trying <laughs> to say, and, uh, there is, in fact, actually, like, I mean, basically, real false flag operations are Japanese takeover of Manchin Quo. They blew up a railway in Manchuria, and they were like, oh, crazy chinks are at it again. And then they just took over Manchuria and turned it into Manchin Quo, the free state and the magical state that it was. Uh, we did it in Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin. We just, like, drove our boats into North Vietnamese waters, and then they were like, oh my god, they attacked us unprovoked, it was crazy! Yeah. And then we bombed the shit out of Vietnam for like the next two years. Yeah, we did. And, uh... This is America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um... If you guys haven't seen that video, you should watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, they're like, what video? <laughs> um, Childish Gambino. This is America. <laughs> yeah. He's um, doing a voodoo dance to control your brains! Yes. And we know that because we all listen to the most important source of information that you can get out there. The only news that isn't fake, uh -huh. InfoWars. Yeah. It's true. And if you're looking for supplements, I gotta tell you, the only ones you can trust... Honestly. Listen, honestly. I've been mainlining them all day. <laughs> yeah. My eyes have never been more fucking open. Yeah. And I'm processing information at... I want to say, I want to say, like, low estimate, 10,000 times the speed I normally do. Wow. 10,000 times the speed. Which 10,000 of zero is still zero. But I want to say that when I get there, it feels like it was faster. My dick is bigger. My yeah. balls are firmer. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just feel like Alex Jones is secretly peddling methamphetamine. I, no. No. Website. These are man Feral supplements. Yeah. I wrote all of my notes today with my beard. And, and also, also, I want to just say this: that there are no genetically modified products in his products. Wow. They're not even products, really. They're like basically Alex Jones is out in the fields tending together between. It's like science and nature really came together right. into one essence. And when I take it, I feel like I'm in the woods. And I'm in my bunker at the same time. The InfoWars people are going to find this clip of our podcast and take it completely out of context. There is only one context, and, and that context is the truth. Okay. All right. 
like Judge Dredd is the law, we are the truth here. <laughs> yeah. And Alex Jones is our god. Yeah. And the truth is, I may have diarrhea later. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's false flag operations are a real thing okay. with uh, a lot of history behind them. Good stuff. Uh, the deep state. Deep state is a whole other thing. Now, I started reading about the deep state, and I wound up reading about a lot of truth. Yeah, I've never even heard of this. Okay, well that, it just goes to show how deep the state is. Yeah. So, I, uh... It's like real fucking deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's deep as balls. So, the deep state is basically the secret state that is hidden underneath the, the state that we think of. Like, we think of Donald Trump, we think right. of America. Right. You know, this is America, right? And we think of that, and we think of, like, all, 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 like, Congress, the Senate, the House, like, whatever, like, the, the, the Attorney General, you know? The deep state is the Bilderberg Group. The deep state is the New World Order. The deep state is, like, where, it's like the deep web, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, Reddit, where I can just, like, look at all of, like, the, 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 the foot porn with consenting adults I want, uh-huh. you know, and talk about it in a community that supports and understands my needs. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's the deep web, where I can look at underage foot porn and it's it's dicey, and it's like I'm probably getting this from like an FBI leak, and this is like a honeypot operation. And next thing I am I'm on Mount Silk Road, and I'm buying like like a lot of poppers from Singapore. And and so the deep state is like that, like it's it's like the pedophile ring of the inner government, basically. But also not just pedophiles, although that is I am sure part of the deep state, probably the major backbone of how it all works. But uh. Basically, no. The deep state is, like, where the real decisions happen. Where, like, really what's happening in our lives and, like, so far down the road, like, we can't even comprehend where they're at with it. Decisions are being made every day. Like, the bread I eat is really controlled by the deep state. And, like, where where private, like, you know, uh, uh, enterprises combine with, with state interests and basically the reptilian agenda, if we can even call it that anymore. And, um... Deep so, state, go. Yeah, so anyways, what I'm trying to say is is, is basically is the deep state is the impenetrable underbelly of, of everything that's happening at a higher level. And it's a real thing in the sense of uh, try, try, try to look at like the history of the CIA. Try to look at the history of the NSA, right? Like it's all this classified document, you know, this stuff. And, and all those people those, that ran those organizations, that started those organizations, they were, they were white guys who had power before that. Mm-hmm. They had wealth, they had political connections, mm-hmm. they had historical connections to the government, to other governments, mm-hmm. to multiple interests, which like to this day are still shrouded in a level of, of, of secrecy and of, of, of obfuscation that like we can't even begin to comprehend or unravel. And truly, uh, we cannot know how deep the deep state goes because it's so deep. <laughs> And it sounds, it's, it's like a circular argument, except for it's not, because it's the truth. You know what we need to get is a true submarine. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, we're spelunkers in the deep state's butthole right now, uh-huh. and we need to get up into that so what, lower intestine. What you're telling me is essentially that everyone we see that supposedly controls our government is actually an actor <laughs> that is not controlling anything, and they try to throw little bits of fake information at us, like, uh, the fucking Freemasons. It's, it's better than that. It's better than that. 
Because what the deep state does, you know, and, 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 and I want to say that it's not... <laughs> so much stuttering in your conspiracy theory, boys. It's not just in America. This is not, like, just an American thing. All I hear thing. from over, over there, all that says, bah, bah, <laughs> control me. Please continue, Dick Fetty. Yeah, it, this, is, this is a global thing, and it happens on an international level. That is, the, like, the deepest level. Uh, but it also happens in, in specific countries in different ways. And... Uh, you know, when the deep state is, is at its best, when, when there's not power struggles within it, the people that are, are leading the free world, if you will, they believe they're really doing it. They don't know that their interests are secretly aligned with the deep state that lies underneath all the things that we know and believe to be true. So that's how good it is. So they're actors who don't even know they're acting. They don't, they're not acting. They believe it. They believe it. And that's what makes them so convincing. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the truth. We didn't even get to Sandy Hook yet. No, no. I am fucking rigid hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I know that you, uh, part of the allure of this to, to get to this place. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me. I can't help it. Oh. I can't help it. I'm sorry. You're laughing I'm... awfully like a reptile over Am there. Am I? Everybody knows I'm a reptilian person. I have blazing red hair and insanely low blood pressure. And blue eyes. Sure. But the last thing I want to touch on are the, uh, the crisis actors, you know. Um, and there, there's a couple, there's levels to it. So there are crisis actors who are people that are, are paid actors who basically couldn't get a job in a commercial. They couldn't get a job in a play. They couldn't get a... a a job in in your in your local community theater so instead they came together to to be to do convincing portrayals of uh of people who are in crisis situations so like there's an episode of the liberal propaganda show um I, what the fuck is it called uh, parks and recreation right where they do this crisis simulation right and so a crisis actor would be somebody who would be employed by a local government or like a private agency would be employed by a hospital, like when Jeremiah does his training, where they go and they pretend like they're actually in a specific type of crisis. And so they have to portray this thing. And because they, they're, they're such stunted actors, they can only portray these sort of primal situations and whatever. Uh, you know, and that's what we're supposed to believe, that like that's all a crisis actor is. But what really crisis actors are these crisis actors are people who are employed by the deep state, uh, deep corporate interests, um, a, a, a variable web of, of interests uh, that goes beyond what we normally see. Mm -hmm. What a crisis actor really is, is a person who's employed, uh, you know, by various sources, okay? And they they show up, and they, they, they're there to lead us to believe that, you know, there's a there's a crisis, and it, we're not talking like a volcano is erupting in L.A. like the documentary, L.A. or what was it? No, volcano with Tommy Lee Jones, the uh, not actor but real life person. Uh, we're talking about people that are there to tell us about you know their loss in the community, that gun violence is a threat, or like Ebola is spreading in Africa, or whatever it is, and they have some story to tell that's you know based on an agenda. Uh, 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 of of people that are essentially trying to deprive us of our rights. And so, you know, what's amazing about it is, is that for these international organizations and interests 
there is a limited amount of crisis actors, or maybe there's just preferential treatment. And I was reading a little bit about, I mean, to me, if I could theorize a little bit on my own, just, you know, insert some of my wisdom, I think that these crisis actors are probably uh, either failed offspring of uh, some type of hybrid type from the New World Order, or they are just regular offspring of the New World Order that, you know, it, 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 it's like the daughter of a producer, like Harvey Weinstein's daughter would be in a movie, she would get the role automatically because she's Harvey Weinstein, or like Ron Howard's daughter right. was in the terrible Jurassic World, right? Like, she can't act for shit. She was also in Lady in the Water. Right, exactly, that's my point. She got another role, and, and too soon. So, and, and these crisis actors are much the same way. I think that they are probably the, the children of people who have right. influence and right. power in, in the New World Order, and so they wind up getting used over and over again because they're like, Daddy, I want another role. And so there they are in Aurora. There they are in Sandy Hook. There they are in Parkland. You know, same tears. And Daddy's just out here like, Clackstar, you have another role. We need to create more genocide. <laughs> That's exactly what they sound like. <laughs> that was such an accurate depiction. I, I almost uh, noticed your eyes go blind there. <laughs> no, they didn't. No. Wow. And also, if anyone listening to this episode doesn't automatically see air quotes over anything that pertains to us speaking about the government being good, uh -huh. fucking start seeing them. Right. We're just, we should just print a shirt that says air quotes. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's just quotes and nothing in between it. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of really like that. That's cool. <laughs> Write your own message. This, this episode AIDS. is scaring me. You, like I said, you should be afraid because being afraid means you're awake. They want you fat and happy. <laughs> yeah, but you're looking fit and terrified. <laughs> if you've never seen John Carpenter's They Live, that is not a, a fictional account of the 80s. That is a documentary account of the 80s. Right. So get woke and get back to us. Two two five one. That's the woke hotline. Um, so I want I want to talk. I want to talk about uh, you know there's there's really what happened at Sandy Hook, and then there are layers of what kind of happened around San, Sandy Sandy Hook Sandy Brook. I mean, nope. Nope. What? No, it was Sandy Hook, not Sandy Brook. Well, it could be both. So. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that one broke me. <laughs> mm. So anyway, I did want to mention how our Lord and Savior, Alex Jones, was torn away from this truth. Right. Because the NWO went into his family and took his family from him, his children, wow. and said, if you don't tell everyone that what you said about Sandy Hook is fake then you can't have your children. Oh. And he had to go on InfoWars and lie to us and say that it didn't happen. Right. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So first, uh, and this is important to note, it's in line with uh, some of the other truths we've learned about earlier. So when reports initially came out about Sandy Hook, the Iranian uh, national television uh, did some expose about what was really happening. And, you know... Allegedly, uh, 
Israeli death squads came into Sandy Hook and killed children there so that the U.S. government would have a reason to take guns away from the American public so that we could no longer defend ourselves against the Zionist occupation government, which America was basically and is a slave to. So maybe that's false, maybe it's not, but that was certainly Iranian's take on the situation. <clears throat> and while they may be removed by an ocean and several deserts, it doesn't mean they're wrong. The second thing is that, uh, in fact, Adam Lanza's father was an executive at GE Energy Financial Services. And at the same time of Sandy Hook or Sandy Brook, there was uh, the ongoing investigation into the uh, LIBOR scandal. And his father was scheduled to testify in hearings in front of the Senate. Now, allegedly, the, these hearings weren't happening during this time, so the... the you know, this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, theory doesn't have any weight, but, I mean, they just say that they're not happening, they weren't happening then, and I don't know that I really believe that, because mm -hmm. I got most of this information from Snopes, and who Snopes the Snopers, you know? I don't know! I don't know who does! Yeah, who watches the yeah, one? My brain feels like really... fucking mushed right now, yeah. please go on! I know. Okay, so another big one is that a lot of the memorial sites for Sandy Hook, if you look at the information about the websites, they were actually put up before Sandy Hook massacre happened. And, uh, you know, people have said, well, that's because the, 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 the metadata for those sites is actually like when the site was created and that there were sites about Sandy Hook celebrating how wonderful it was and they were changed later after the massacre convenient happened. yeah right so like the metadata is correct but uh you know what you can't see is that the changes happen later and you know i haven't seen the metadata so i don't really know that i believe that that's that's the case one way or the other and i, I want to put that out there and the, the it the, also sounds like you have done a lot of cocaine no 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 okay no. one they're called supplements for male enhancement yeah and it's, two, it's a little bit different okay and the rest of it is is mono gold so uh yeah i don't know i'm just operating at a higher capacity okay so it probably feels to you guys like you did slow-mo because i'm going so fast that doesn't make sense no it it makes sense it's actually pretty sensible so i want to talk about um some of my sources because you know, these sources, a lot of them, uh, ex they claim to expose the expose on Sandy Hook. And uh, I want you to judge for yourself. You know, I want you to do a little bit of critical thinking. Your, your first and major resource is YouTube. So go to YouTube, type in Sandy Hook, and just start watching because you're going to get woke. Uh, but secondly, I do want to uh, make a shout out to Snopes because, again, who Snopes the Snopers? And uh, they've got a long, long article about Sandy Hook Exposed, which basically deals with the original video saying Sandy Hook Exposed that came out on YouTube several years ago um, after the massacre. And uh, then there is the uh, What is the Deep State article from The Nation, which was quite good by Greg Grandin, February 17, 2017. And uh, <clears throat> there is a Salon article, which is essentially a shittier version of the Snopes article, but is worth reading by Alex Seitzwald. It's not a bad article, it's just not as good. Um, January 18, 2013. And then The Guardian, uh, which talks about crisis actors, deep state, and false flag, the rise of consi conspiracy theory 
or truth theory code words uh, by Jason Wilson from February 21st of this year, 2018. That's on The Guardian, which is actually a pretty good source of news. And uh, if you have a, a paywall or a uh, ad blocker, take it off of that site. They, uh, they don't hit you with them too bad. So I want to talk a little bit about the video Sandy Hook exposed, which, you know, I think the, the biggest problem with the video is the guy just, he ignored some critical facts uh, and... and and, you know, often what makes these, these conspiracy theorists, these kooks, if you will, seem so kooky is that they, they ignore certain facts or they only, they only use things that support their narrative and they don't explain the other things. Or they just, they just don't have it really organized in a way that makes it believable. And, and everybody wants to discredit them because, like, you know, the truth is often it's, it's hard, it's painful, it's not... Uh, what the government's selling us. It's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> Unlike Alex Jones supplements. Yeah, which are, they slide down like alien queen jelly. And I, 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 as a guy who has a lot of jelly in his life, I can tell you that no problem swallowing those pills. So now, we're just, we're starting with the truth here, and then you're going to explain what supposedly happened according to... I, I'm just going to tell you what happened. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, for those who don't know, I guess uh, we have non-American listeners. Uh, I think this was international news, uh, controlled by the cabal. But I, I want to say, so Sandy Hook Elementary was a shooting uh, done by Adam Lanza, allegedly, on December 14, 2012. It took place in Newton, Connecticut, uh, when uh, Mr. Lanza entered into an elementary school and shot 26 people. Um... 20 of whom were children, and they died, allegedly, and uh, six adult alleged victims, and, um, yeah, uh, so, one of the, there's a, there's a couple things that I just basically, I want to clear it up, so, you know, first of all, initial news reports said a lot of different stuff, and, uh, you know, what was the real truth, you know, the, the I think, in my opinion, the government had to kind of get a narrative out of those initial reports, and they, they came up with the, the true story down the line. But uh, immediately, uh, not everybody got the uh, briefing in advance, I guess. Some of the information came out a little wrong, and people have picked up on that, uh, which is which is what I'm talking about. So one of the things was uh, they said that there was an AR-15 found in Adam Lanza's car, and um, that, in fact, wasn't true because that was the gun he essentially used primarily. AR-15 is an assault rifle-type weapon which is like a carbine version of the M16. Pretty classic American gun, probably more American than the M16, I think, at this point. Uh, and, and instead, he, he supposedly had his shotgun in the car. So, um, you know, there's that. He also had two, two weapons, a Glock 10mm pistol and a 6R 9mm pistol, which he used during the alleged attack. There were several people that were arrested during the course of uh, the, the police officers responding. And uh, some of them, there was, uh, there, was, uh, there was Christopher Rodia, and there was Chris Manfredonia. And I mean, I don't know whether they just got lazy uh, coming up with the names or, or how this happened, but basically, Chris uh, Manfredonia was supposedly trying to find his daughter in the school while uh, Adam Lanza was allegedly attacking. And uh, he was subdued by police um, because they thought he was an attacker, but he was later cleared of the charges. And then in some of the audio during the attack, you can hear uh, background police reporting, police chat on the scanner, talking about a Christopher Rodia, who was uh, arrested for drinking and driving in a different town, <coughs> supposedly, uh, and had 
allegedly no uh, relation to the to the scene. And, and and basically, you know, what what has been said about Sandy Hook, and I guess I guess I'm 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 skipping past the the big meat of this thing is that, you know, it's hard to say really whether there was an attack at all. Um, allegedly, uh, you know, there was these 26 people killed, but some people believe that there were in fact no bodies at the end of it or or not the people that were supposedly killed and in fact no children died and alex jones is one of the first to say that you know he did his own independent research which i i admire and uh you know he said that no one died and i don't know he's got his own show so i feel like well dick Fay, let me ask you a question yeah so just to play devil's advocate because the devil is the anti-truth. Yeah, mm -hmm. right, I get that. Master of lies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If the New World Order, or the Illuminati, or shadow government, or what have you, created a plan to take away our guns by faking killing all these children, why wouldn't they just kill all the children? Well, I'll tell you why. Because kids are not that easy to replace, and you have to kill the parents most likely. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think that's the most obvious answer. And, you know, again, it's like Ron Howard's daughter, she wants to be in the limelight. And they got these crisis actors who are ready to take the stage. And so you've got parents who are giving interviews after this, this uh, supposed tragedy. And, you know, you see them on screen right before they start talking about uh, the death of their children and they're laughing mm -hmm. and they're having yep. a great time. And then suddenly, you know, it cuts to serious mode. It, it, it's, I don't want to say it's clear to me, but it's... It's not unclear to me that they could, in fact, be um, not grieving parents of any dead children. Uh -huh. So there is that. Uh -huh. And I think, you know, the most important agenda of the New World Order is to take away guns, like an AR-15, which is perfect for defending your family and for hunting big game, from the American public who have every right to defend themselves against the tyranny <laughs> of the new world right, right. A, lo a lot of this is starting to make sense to me yeah no it makes perfect You're sense really that instead of actually down. killing people and creating bodies yeah. they would just fake the whole they thing it, it. it makes sense yeah so you know there there was allegedly other gunmen if there was an attack because you know a lot of the witnesses said that they didn't um they only heard a few gunshots uh you know some people said that you know Adam Lanza, who was mentally unwell, couldn't have possibly shot the many small moving targets that children are with the accuracy that he did. And, you know, uh, the other thing is that the parents never supposedly didn't identify the children in person and instead looked at photographs of the dead children and said, oh, yeah, that's them. And, you know, it, it, there's just a lot to it that I, I think doesn't really stack up when you start to look at the, uh, the way it all unfolded. But I do want to say on a serious note that, no, absolutely this happened. And, you know, basically all this stuff can be explained by, yeah, there were a bunch of different news reports because there's an, always a, a crush to have this 24 news, you have 24 to, hour news cycle. What? You have to change your tone. I don't. When you're, when you, when you transition into saying this is, this absolutely did happen, because that seamlessly ran together and still sound sounded. Well, it's... Yeah, no, there are people voice. dead. It's called the truth. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say, children are dead. Yeah, I yeah, know. It definitely happened. It would not make sense <laughs> for them to create a bunch of fake bodies and put a bunch of actors who aren't even... If, if, it just doesn't make any None sense. None of this makes sense. And, like, if they're trying to create gun control, 
hasn't really worked all that no, well. No, it hasn't. Yeah, so the, the whole theory that the the parents... Um, so so basically, the, the, the turn of the major theory is they faked this event so that they could take guns away from Americans. And they did it by uh, creating fake victims using actors for the parents and sisters and brothers and whatever and teachers. And, um, you know... And that was it. That was like that was the whole plan. It was this big false flag thing, and you know, at the end of the day, what I took away from the many articles I read about the video itself, watching the video, and um, the the exposés on the exposés is basically like, yeah, there was some inaccurate reporting at the beginning. Uh, it's all super yeah. explainable. Yeah. Like, yeah, people were arrested in and around the school that weren't Adam Lanza because. The cops didn't know what was going on, and yeah. they're trying to secure an ongoing uh, crisis crime scene. Yeah. Um, you know, the report that Adam Lanz's AR-15 was in his car, so how could he have killed everybody with an AR-15, was like, they misidentified the gun that was in the car, which was a shotgun, and he had the AR-15 the whole time. Uh, the idea that the parents, in fact, aren't actual parents of dead kids is bullshit. One of them, specifically, there's the, the one girl whose name is Emily Parker, was actually alive, is because uh, President Obama came to Sandy Hook a couple days, weeks, whatever, after yeah. the tragedy, and her younger sister, who had a, a dr was given the dress that her sister had before she died uh, as a hand-me-down, is seen there looking much like her sister in this dress, and everybody's yeah. like, oh, she's still alive. Yeah. And uh, it's like, why the fuck would they send... The girl who's supposed to be dead out for a public appearance yeah. with the president, and it was like it's her sister. So yeah, they look similar. <laughs> yeah. Big shock, you know, a prepubescent girl looks the same as her sister, and she's wearing her dead sister's dress. You know, it's it's basically a bunch of other bullshit, and pretty much everything is super easy to explain that the the different truthers have brought up, and the information is more or less readily available. And a lot of the information that the the original video about this shit that came up for it was was wrong in and of itself. Like the guy had bad facts and just like made shit up or misinterpreted things that had happened. I mean, the the simple idea that they would stage a mass shooting to get better gun control on what's relatively a small scale compared to mass shootings throughout the world and even somewhat in America is preposterous to say at least considering this country loves guns and if our government really wanted to they could just take our guns yeah yeah and, and I'm gonna I want to touch on that in a second yeah I mean it's the I think the two worst things to come out of Sandy Hook besides the obvious tragedy in and of itself is that first of all so because Alex Jones espoused the truther theory that this was all a false flag operation and he's got a rabid psychotic fan base. Many of the parents of the children have been continually harassed for the past six years uh, since the everything happened, or I guess it's been five and a quarter or whatever. It is like horrible, ugly shit. Like the people that would harass these people and say your kids aren't dead and you're full of shit and all yeah. this. like. Some of them have been criminally prosecuted. There was a woman in Florida who was doing all this, like, doxing and trolling and whatever. She's been arrested. There was another guy who, like, got in somebody's face. He was arrested in New York. There has been some protection for the parents, but essentially, like, you know, if there's one thing we can learn from South Park, 
the more you get upset about trolls, the more they troll yeah, you. Yeah. And this is like an, a leading example of that in action. And these people are like garbage scum of the world, worse than serial killers practically. I mean, kind of. You know, they're awful pieces of shit, and they believe in awful pieces of shit like Alex Jones. And I find that to be, like, the most heinous and horrible thing. Like, I didn't even know... I had a vague idea of what this conspiracy was about. Yeah. And when I read it, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. Like, truly, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. That they would act this way and react this way to a tragedy. I think the other worst thing about it is that, like, what this showed more than anything was like we don't care if 20 kids get mm -hmm. murdered we are yeah. not going to change gun legislation yeah because ar sales went up extended mag sales went up all the things that like basically we were scared of, about and wanted to get rid of as a result of this like ar-15s and extended mags like people just bought way more of them because mm -hmm. they were afraid the government was going to take them away so they're like more of them in homes now than there ever was before yeah. it and nothing even changed, and we got shit like Parkland down the road and what happened in Vegas and all the rest. So it really shows that, like, it does not matter who gets gunned down. We do not care, and uh, we are not going to do anything about it. And the only uh, slight happy ending is that Alex Jones is being sued by two of the families of the children that died. A lawyer out of Texas is suing uh, Alex Jones for they're each asking for a million dollars and he's also suing him for some other shit he said now alex jones you know he got airtime by who this woman who no longer works for fox news but she gave him this big interview on national tv that all the parents got super pissed about because they're like you're giving him a platform to spout his crazy yeah. shit <clears throat> and her like she's very against him and the whole theory and whatever but they were still pissed that he got an opportunity to speak at all. Yeah. I think in the marketplace of ideas, like, I mean, he's already out there. He's on the internet. Like, he can, he's got an international platform. So what's the kind of fucking difference? I don't think you validate him by bringing him on the air. And he's so, like, he is peak time Alex Jones on that interview. I watched the whole thing. Like, so if you were ever going to, like, he, it's not going to change your opinion about him, basically, to watch it, in my opinion. Like, you're not going to think, oh, my God, this guy does really have good points. Sandy Hook didn't happen. It's like, this is either a despicable piece of shit mm -hmm. or this is the only person who knows the truth in the whole of the United States. And that was already, I feel like, people's opinions of him before that. So I wasn't, I couldn't be too upset about the, the host doing that. And she asked, like, the direct questions, like, aren't you a horrible piece of shit, basically, for, like, believing this? And, and he did later recant the whole... It didn't happen thing but then he also later said that that was under like stress of basically the deep state or the new world order or whoever saying threatening him with and his family if he didn't come out and say that it did happen so yeah oh that was a whole yeah and the whole entire time we were laughing about that it's more so that we're laughing at like certain things that people decided to believe in and the fact that like Alex Jones is such a piece of shit. Oh my god. So let's 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 round this up real quick. We're gonna go from least likely to most likely being true. Okay? So I wanna start with Sandy Hook. Definitely not fucking true. Yeah. Alright? Bottom of the barrel. Least likely. Okay? Then we got me over here. I'm gonna say medium likely. I, I don't M think medium likely to be true. Medium likely to be true parts of it, though. I think it's. And you're totally... saying mine is least likely to be true. Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't think that the NWO is using the Colorado or the Denver airport as a basis for their 
world takeover. Also, why would they portray a bunch of it all over this place? I, it's ridiculous. I mean, but it, it, it could be possible that there are underground bunkers that are meant to hold, you know, people of, of, of state in case there is some kind of disaster because it is a very large airport. So you can ship a lot of people in there at once. And if it's underground, it's decently safe, and you know well, you can NORADs lock... in Colorado. Yeah, and uh, I mean you could lock down the airport pretty easily. That's somewhat plausible. And then we're gonna go to the most likely, the most likely, which is that reptilians are controlling our reality. Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. All right. Well, beautiful work by everyone. Yours got very scary, Dick Fetty. Yours was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, felt like mine. It was, was like camping. It was yeah. intense. Yeah. What is your best buy for this week, Ben? Well, so I wanted to do a video game again, but I did one like two episodes ago. And then I was like, maybe I'll do the book I'm reading. And then I'm like, Dick Fetty always makes fun of me for reading books. That's true. Like, you're over there nerdy with your words you. and your fancy learning. So fuck it, I'm going to do the thing that's been taking up most of my time. Okay. Masturbation. No. I highly recommend it. Alex Jones Supplement. <laughs> um, if you don't have a PS4 and you only own an Xbox and nothing else, first of all, already probably a lesser human being. But second of all, break your Xbox, don't even take it to GameStop and sell it back, just destroy it, go buy a PS4 and buy the new God of War. Mm. Uh, the gameplay is incredible. The storyline is probably... No, it is the best storyline in any God of War game. It makes you feel stuff and things and... Like gay stuff or... I mean, kind of. Kratos like looks real good. Incest, like, want to bang your son stuff or... I mean, only when I drink the tap water. Nice. But... No, the ga the gameplay is is different than the original games. Which I appreciate because after so many of them, it got kind of stale. The old beat 'em up, hack and slash style gameplay has moved over to more of a skill-based gameplay uh, where you need to get good or get out. And there, there's a lot of avenues to the game. There's like a lot of side stuff. Main storyline can take about 30 hours, but if you do everything, it takes about 45 to 60, I think. So. I'm not even going to say anything about the storyline. Uh, just go play it. The game is beautiful, and it's really good. Awesome. That's it. Fucking great. All right. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, keep your eyes peeled for any reptilians. They are everywhere. And, and run Facebook. And um, definitely go buy some of Alex Jones supplements. Cause they Mark Zuckerberg. More like Mark Lizardberg. Very good. Very good. Alright, love you guys. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.